But we have to start somewhere. We have to take small steps. We have to take deep breaths and rest. Welcome to Adventures with Scars. I'm your host, Lauren Huffmaster, and today we're talking about the healing process. We've gone through and talked about the different emotional side effects of cancer. What does a typical response to cancer look like? And now we're going to look about what do we do to make sure we can heal from these side effects. This is a very important conversation because today's science is allowing those impacted by cancer to live longer. Even those who have stage four or metastatic disease, we're talking about them living with cancer like it's a chronic disease. Yet as we live longer, we have more time to think about our disease. We have more time to live carrying this burden. And if we don't take upon ourselves the tools for carrying the burdens of cancer, it will not feel good. There will be so much anxiety and fear shaping our lives that our quality of life will really be compromised. And so it's very, very important for us to take the time to learn about how cancer is impacting our mental health. It's also important for those that we love because it's only when those that we love observe and hear us healing that they begin to find the assurance that we are well. When we don't have the words or tools to achieve emotional healing, those who love us remain unsettled and they're alert for our sake for much longer than necessary. Their uncertainty around our well-being will then create a cause and effect where we feel uncertain and we feel afraid causing us to stay in this pattern of trauma much longer than is necessary. Additionally, the fears of our families and the fear of ourselves will create a barrier between us. They might be trying to protect us and we're trying to protect them, but in the end, it does not bring us together. So the more we can heal from our cancer experience, the closer we can live in community with others, we can love better, we can live better, bolder lives. Today, we're going to talk about the experiences of mountains on fire. And this is the the phrase I use because I live in California where we have wildfires and I have observed on multiple occasions a fire sweeping through and wiping a mountain clean. I have read many stories about families driving and escaping these fires, of families who get caught and they can't get away from the fire. And I think about what that experience looks like. One time, my family was evacuated in the middle of the night for a fire, and we grabbed the five things we could think to grab at 3 a.m., and we all got in the car and we drove through flames to get out of our home. And This is the experience that I think we walk through when we are in treatment. From the time we are diagnosed, from that first moment to the time we finish our treatment, I define this season as mountains on fire. And I I define it as mountains on fire because you are in this emergency mode. There's There's no way to think things through. You have a checklist, perhaps, of tasks that must be done. 
You have treatments that must be accomplished and all the doctor's appointments and blood work. And in this season of treatment, all we can do is check off the boxes, get one step closer to the end of treatment. Even though that is a very, very difficult season because everything is new and every new treatment is uncertain and we don't know how we're going to respond. That season of mountains on fire, that season of being treated for cancer is a very physically responsive moment. We are not really thinking things through. All we're doing is what we can to get from point A to point B, to finish that checklist, to get through our treatment schedule, to to make sure we show up to every calendared appointment. Like a wildfire, we are just grabbing the things that we can hold in our hands, the ones that are absolutely closest to us, the things that are most important that we can't let go of, and we're, we're walking through this fire. We're walking through this traumatic experience, hoping to get out on the other side. There's so much uncertainty in these moments that we really can't process much more. The alarms in our heads are blaring so loud by every time you go into the treatment facility or a hospital, every time we think about the cancer, our mind is overwhelmed by the chemicals we're putting into it, the damage that's being done to our bodies through surgeries and so many other things that the processing is really not happening. But our physical body is responding and we're doing what we have to do. When I was diagnosed, I had more than eight surgeries, chemo, radiation, and for a year and a half, all I did was move from treatment to treatment. During that time, there was no room for any thoughts except for moving forward. I didn't question the system. I barely asked questions about the treatments I was receiving because I didn't have the space to figure anything else out. I just wanted to know what I was supposed to do. If I did ask questions, I didn't understand the the answers and I just didn't care. So I just kept going and doing exactly what I wanted to do. I was an overachiever. So I said, give me the best you've got and I'm just going to work through that. At the time, all that mattered to me is whether or not I liked my doctors, which is so funny to me now because I had a doctor at the time who was always optimistic, telling me everything was going to be fine, that I barely needed surgery. It was going to be great. And then I had another doctor who seemed to be always telling me the worst things she could think of. And she would tell me how my cancer was spreading and that I had to have more aggressive treatments. And at the time, all I wanted to do was be with the doctor who I liked, who was nice to me, who was pretty and who was always going to willing to hold my hand. Now I realized that that doctor would not have saved my life the way the other doctor did in the end, because the other doctor was watching my back. She was predicting what might come around the corner. And I had to make decisions about things I could not understand in the moment, really just based on my emotion. I just kept moving forward. That was all that I could do. Then one day I had my last treatment. I'm sure there was someone there patting me on the back. I didn't get to ring a bell, but I think I got a certificate. But all I remember is that on the day I finished my last treatment, I walked out into the parking lot and thought, so yesterday I had cancer and now I don't? It was so difficult for me to process that. For a year and a half, all I had done was go from calendar event to the next calendar event. I hadn't thought of anything else. I didn't ever consider what would happen after my treatments ended. I just knew that I had to do what I had to do. This is what it looks like to have mountains on fire. Your life is 
on fire because so many of your expectations, your dreams, the parts of your identity are shifting. They're burning. They're going away, but you don't even have time to do anything about it. This episode, we're talking about the healing process of cancer. And when it comes to our body, if we are sick, we know what we need to do to heal. We have extra rest. We drink water. We have healthy food. And over time, we trust that our body is going to do what it needs to do to get rid of any kind of sickness inside of us. When it comes to the emotional healing, I don't know that we know the three steps to get ourselves the strength we need back. It's not that complicated. In many ways, we could stick with what we know, water, healthy food, and rest. But yet after a moment that's traumatic, after we've been in a season where all we had to do was take another action and that got us closer to a safe place, rest is not often what we're looking for. We're not looking to be restored. It's much easier just to stay in motion. But after the trauma of cancer, rest is what we need. Emotional, relational rest is so important. It is the beginning of restoration. After trauma, we must take time to process our thoughts. We haven't yet even taken inventory of what has happened to us, of what has shifted, what has changed. I know that I didn't. When I was going through treatments, I never stopped to think about how is this impacting the rest of my life? Hmm. No, my mind was foggy and I was tired and I was doing everything I could just to smile and be pleasant among my family. I was having a hard time hoping about something, anything at all past this cancer treatment. It's not that I thought I was going to die in the process. It was just that I was so tapped out. I was so in the moment of getting through moment to moment that I didn't have any space to think beyond that. It's not until the treatment ends. It's not until you've sort of escaped this fire that you can begin to rest. But I will warn you, when that moment comes, it is not fun. It's not like a nice warm nap on a swing in the sunshine. Rest after a traumatic moment is terrifying because the trauma is so near, is so close. Not that the cancer may still be in your body, but all of those memories, all of those thoughts and emotions that haven't been processed are all compounded. They're dammed up inside of you, ready to burst out. And rest, when we first embraced rest, it's the only time we can start to observe what is inside of us that we've been holding back all of this time. So I do warn you, the first season of healing after your mountains on fire, after your treatment, this early stages of survivorship are the hardest. I would have to say they're harder than treatment itself because no one talks about it. No one knows what to expect. We're not demonstrating to one another that the season after treatment is really, really hard. So we don't expect it. It sneaks up on us. The thing about treatment is there is a task list. You can check out mentally because there are so many smart people around you to tell you what to do next. You can just rely on your radiologist or your oncologist. You can rely on your surgeon to make the best choices. But as soon as their checklist ends, you're on your own. You step out into that parking lot after your last treatment and you think, where do I go from here? 
And there's no one at your side to tell you the answer to that question. Once treatments are over, a very difficult season begins and a season that you direct. And this is the conversation I want to have over the next few episodes is really understanding what this feels like, making sure you understand you're not alone in these moments. But I do want to suggest very basic beginnings, rest, water, and healthy food. Now, when we're healing from an illness, rest, water, and healthy food is all body-based. It's all something tangible that we can hold on to and we know what to do. But when it comes to the healing of our emotions, it's not as easy. Rest might mean you don't take on new tasks. <laughs> you don't jump into being the classroom mom or driving the carpool or taking on any new tasks at all. You need a break in your mind and your space for your emotions to come up and be processed. Water. Water in our bodies is a way to flush out toxins, to keep us clean, to keep the the germs and the viruses moving on. And in our in our life and our emotions, we have to do something similar. It's important for us to begin flushing out those emotions that will no longer serve us well. And this is really, really key. The emotions that were good for you in times of danger, in this mountains on fire season, the time where you were in treatment, fear got you out of bed and into the chemo chair, even though you knew that chemo chair was going to cause you a lot of pain but you were more afraid of cancer than you were the chemo. Fear after treatment is not going to do the same thing for you. It's only going to keep you in fear. There's no action there for you to process or to to move forward. And so here in this new season, after the mounts on fire, we have to start washing out some of these mental processes, these mental structures that we had that were important before, from diagnosis to the end of treatment, we have to start restructuring our thoughts so that we can begin to heal. We'll call it mental water. I don't know what else we could call it, but essentially it's this flushing of your thoughts, washing them out so that the fear, the anxiety, the staying up at night, worrying about the next scan, the staying up at night, worrying about the next treatment or what the doctor will say. These are not things we can do for the rest of our life. I say that again. You cannot stay in that fear pattern the rest of your life. If you do, your life will be shortened out of fear, not cancer. It is not good for your body to stay in a state of anxiety or fear. And so we have to start setting our thoughts aside, knowing that those don't serve us anymore. We have to create new ways of thinking and create new healthy foods of sorts for our mind to feast upon, to restore us. I I believe Thanksgiving, once we release the emotional patterns created by the trauma of cancer, we can create space for something new. We can begin to reintroduce restorative habits. We can introduce small hopes and dreams and let those begin to emerge or rest in our hearts and our emotion. We can begin dreaming about what a new season of life will look like. It's not the time to take action yet, but 
we can begin to shift our minds away from a year or two years or more of treatment where our life was really boxed in by the treatment schedule and what the doctors told us was best for us. Now we entering into a new season where we get to define what is best for us might have a lot more to do with what's best emotionally than what's best physically. As we start to feed ourselves healthy food, emotional food, we start feeding our mind and our spirit and our our emotions good things, we will find ourselves energized again, just like food would do for our bodies. And we can start to think and grow and thrive in our emotions. Now, this doesn't come quickly. Just like healing from a wound doesn't happen overnight, this takes time. But if we can choose to focus on hope, on hopeful things, if we can choose to focus on releasing that fear and restoring it or creating something new inside of us, new expectations, we will find ourselves on this path of restoration. I believe it'll take a year or two for us to truly find ourselves established, rooted in and with strength. But we have to start somewhere. We have to take small steps. We have to take deep breaths and rest and wash our thoughts with water and healthy foods and healthy things to put us on a path of restoration. And the sooner we do this, the sooner we're accountable for our thoughts, the sooner we will find ourselves living a good, fulfilled, purposeful life. And once you acknowledge that, cancer impacts us in unexpected ways. It impacts our marriage and our children, our relationships, our career. It impacts our finances, our desires, our sexuality, our values. It affects us in so many unexpected ways. So as you begin to process your treatments, as you begin to process your cancer diagnosis, take the time to look at the different aspects of your life because cancer has left an impact in so many different aspects of who you are. If you just start to think about restoration for yourself, your own emotions or spirituality, that is great, but that's just the beginning. You must dig deeper into this and look at how has cancer impacted my children? After my treatments, I would have said that cancer hadn't impacted my children deeply. They were so young. I felt like they got a ton of attention from other people during that season. But then one day they went to camp. They went to Camp Kesem. And when they came home from camp, I remember walking to the mailbox with my daughter and she took off skipping across the road and skipped down the road to the mailbox. And I stopped in my tracks and I thought, I don't remember the last time I saw her skipping down the road. It felt like such a moment of innocence that I really hadn't seen in her in a long time. And even though I couldn't have told you when that moment of innocence left during my treatment process, I knew in that moment that she had been invested in, that camp had given her what she needed back, permission perhaps to be a child again, to be carefree, to be lighthearted, to just skip down the road. And I think this is the kind of thing that we have to look for in our life as we start the restoration process is that cancer is impacting more than we can understand as long as we're in mountains on fire. And this isn't something we should think about with regret. There's nothing we can do in that season. Everyone has to process this differently. But 
When it comes to the process of healing, we must look at all the different ways it's impacted us so that we can heal well in all of those ways. We must be honest with ourselves and let others be honest with us as well. Some relationships, in order to heal, there might be some dirty truths, some things where you can say, I didn't like it when you did this. I was hurting and you sat around and talked about this and it really, really made me feel unseen. That doesn't feel good to say, but once it's said, we can understand each other better. In a similar way, others might look at you and say, I really didn't appreciate that you didn't tell me what was going on in your life. That's a hard thing to hear, but it must be said in order for restoration to come. The healing process is hard. I don't want to understate that because it's not something that always feels good, but I guarantee you, if you trust the process, if you take the time and you dig deep, the gift of cancer is on the other side of this. Something so purposeful and so fulfilling that even cancer is worth it to get to the other side. Thank you for listening today. This is not an easy thing to hear. It's not, it's not easy to, to consider or walk through, but it is so important. The healing of you and your family is on the other side of this. So thank you for being here today, for joining us as we on Adventures with Scars talk about the healing process of cancer. On the next episode, we're going to talk about the season that I call the void. This void is an invisible moment in the healing process of cancer. People do not talk about this or understand it, but it is the pivotal moment where we go from hurts into strength. It's the pivotal moment where we release the broken dreams and begin to embrace the truth of who we want to be today. It is so important. And I I look forward to having this conversation with you. We thank you for your support and for listening. Please share this podcast with others so that we all might better understand the typical emotional response to cancer.